Hey guys, welcome back to the Max Spence Business Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, but before I jump into that, if you guys like the content I'm putting out, the people I'm interviewing, please like, subscribe, leave a review. It helps out a ton with the podcast and also the people that are coming on the show. Uh, if you can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, that helps out a ton as well. So without further ado, today's guest is Adrian Bake. Uh, so he's the founder and CEO of Quanta Vici. I don't know if that, I'll get you to say it again, because uh, I'm terrible with like reading things. <laughs> and uh, uh, he, yeah, he's also uh, an enthusiast, uh, you know, AI enthusiast, uh, you know, engineering, all that sort of stuff. So we're going to have a conversation about, you know, um, his company. He's doing some really cool stuff in the tech space uh, and then also his background as well. So why don't we, uh, you, you know, well, yeah, why don't we just start at the beginning? Uh, you know, it's great having you on the show, Adrian. Thank you for having me, Max. I'm really excited. Um, we're going to be talking about some really cool stuff today, and I hope um, I can create some value for the audience. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, for people that maybe don't know who you are, haven't heard about, you know, what you're doing in the tech space, um, where, where did, why don't we just start from the beginning? Like, where did you grow up, uh, you know, and what sort of got you into entrepreneurship? Well, at this point, I doubt there's anyone who doesn't know about me. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, um, okay, yeah, sure. So I grew up here in Toronto. Um, I was actually born in Iran. Um, I grew up in North York, Toronto. I went to middle school here, I went to high school here, and then I went to Ryerson University where I got my um, degree in computer engineering. Um, my first go at um, entrepreneurship was back when I didn't even know what entrepreneurship means, um, like the, literally the word. And um, it was when I was 15 years old, you know, being uh, with my father being an engineer, he always um, showed me how cool LEDs are, how cool programming is. And I've always been, I can say I've, I've always been kind of obsessed with creativity, making stuff um, in all sorts of different things, you know, whether it's playing around with a piano or a guitar or just painting something random that doesn't mean anything. I just love creativity. And um, as I grew up, what really got me interested in was um, solving problems in a creative manner that helps people. So when I was 15 years old, I started working on this project. It was an image editing software. And um, it, I'm going to try to not sound obnoxious and nerdy. Like when I was 15 years old, I made my first product. Um, it, um, I, for one year, I was programming. I was, it wasn't even a project that I wanted to release. It just it was an experiment for me. Um, I was trying to make, develop different filters. I was understanding how to code. And um, after a year, it just turned into this beautiful package that I was using for my own projects. You know, whenever I wanted to edit an image, I would use that. And, um, you know, I was like, why not release this? It, it would be so exciting to push this and see who would like it. And that was, that was an amazing experience because here I was, um, this passionate teenager who didn't have anything to lose, you know, living at home, uh, having free time on my hand, and also being obsessed with experimenting with different ideas. And I started understanding what it takes to release a software. Um, nowadays, it's kind of, I, I don't want to say it's easier, but, you know, when you want to launch an app right now, you know, say Windows, say Android, iOS, they all have these beautiful app stores. 
back then, back in my day, it was just um, uh, these random websites. So I had to make a list of them, go on each of them, and then I would see what they would expect you to provide. That was when I understood the importance of marketing and uh, you know, uh, customer relation. And again, like I was just 15 years old, I had put together the software and I was trying to get people to use it. And it was a really interesting journey. Long story short, um, it, it got a few million downloads. Um, I did not make any money. Fortunately, I didn't lose any money other than my time. And I wouldn't say my time was lost. It was the most amazing learning experience, you know, yeah. just putting in a few hours every week into something that amounts into amounts to something amazing after a while it's the best and um i learned a lot i learned the importance of marketing i learned um how you can run ads drive traffic raise awareness target audiences and um a thousand ways to fail and that's what kind of really prepared me for quanta vici um, of course, Contavici was, uh, it's, uh, um, it's a behemoth of a task. It's not even a task. It's just, it's crazy because, you know, for those, obviously, uh, there are very few people who haven't heard about Contavici, but um, for those who haven't, um, Contavici is a, a smart wearable company. The first products we have launched are smart heated gloves and socks. And, you know, um, heated wearables have been around for a long time. Um, we started working on this project back in 2017. And the reason we started working on this project was because um, uh, my friend at the time was suffering from migraine attacks that were so severe, it would disable her um, in terms of being able to um, study, go to work and such. So. We looked into different um, remedies, you know, um, painkillers, um, other therapeutic um, solutions. And what worked for her was heat, heated hats. And that was because her migraines were triggered by the cold. And, you know, that kind of took me to research about all of these different types of um, medical conditions that are negatively affected by cold weather and understanding why... Uh, even though heated variable is such a cool idea and so useful, why people are not wearing it every day. You know, we did our primary market research and uh, most people either have owned some type of heated variable or um, they know about it, but no one's using it in their daily life. And that was really interesting for me because, you know, those who didn't, those who had not had their um, dreams crushed by the poor user experience thought this is an amazing idea and they would incorporate it in their daily life. So for us, it meant that back in 2017, so in 2020, we launched the product. And during this whole time, it meant that we have to not be yet another brand that is white labeling the same flawed technology. So we went really deep. We researched, we prototyped, um, we tested and tested and tested until we realized what it really takes for this um, type of product to be practical in daily life. 
Um, I can share about that more later, but um, that's pretty much um, a summary of my journey so far. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's absolutely crazy. Like there's a lot of information in there that we'll, we'll jump into and start, you know, uh, picking apart to get like a little bit better understanding. The first thing I want, I want to start off right out of the bat is like at 15 years old, you were developing your own like, um, you know, like app or like the, the app and you know, coding and all this like program and all this stuff at 15 years old, where the majority of people would be, you know, like I remember when I was 15, I was just like, I was just like, you know, playing video games, hanging out with friends, you know, like not really focused on, you know, building a company, <laughs> more focused on just like having fun with friends and stuff. So what, what, what sort of propelled you into like, you know, um, you know, creating a company at such a young, like going down this path of like programming and doing like, you know, it's, it's sort of like a bit of like a Mark Zuckerberg story about like in Bill Gates, you know, with like, you know, their backstory where they, they're like, you know, 12 and 13 or 14 in early high school and they were like coding and stuff and they just loved coding. Uh, but like, how did that interest sort of start? And when did you actually start picking that up and like sit down in front of your computer and actually start like, hey, uh, you know, I want to build something? That's a really um, interesting way to um, look at this um, experience because, you know, entrepreneurship comes in all sorts of shapes and colors, you know, um, and levels. Um, I have this funny story. We, uh, my friend and I were looking to connect with other entrepreneurs. So we went on meetup and we saw that there, there's this event, long story short, we went there and um, we started talking to the person who was hosting the event. And it turned out to be some really sketchy deal. You know, the guy was just like bringing, uh, posting a bunch of events on meetup having everyone come to this single bar just to kind of like get a bit of the cut from the bar, I guess. And <laughs> so he came over, we were talking and um, I, I think he was also like living around the corner. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he was living in the alley, not to be judgmental. <laughs> but, and he was like, um, oh, you're an entrepreneur. Oh, so you are for the entrepreneur um, event. And I, that's when we figured out that um, that event was like for multiple people. And he was like, I'm an entrepreneur too. Like this is entrepreneurship. And I was like, yeah, sure. So yeah, you know, we have people who are um, drop shipping that are considered entrepreneurs, huge respect for them. There's, there are people who are um, like me building something from scratch, innovating a brand new product and there are people who are um, going as far as making a whole new car system electric cars self-driving self-driving cars and and such and you know for me a few different things came together um i as i said i really love to be creative and make stuff when i sit down and I sketched something, for example, for QuantaVici, the package of our products. I had so much fun designing that, or um, uh, even the app. I can't not get my hands dirty when it comes to this type of work. And I have had experience working for other companies too. You know, After graduation, I worked with a few different um, tech startups from Toronto to New York. And um, uh, I had, some level of creative freedom, but it's limited. You know, a lot of the times you're like, I would love to put in more time to make this um, work more 
um, efficiently and look better. But then uh, if you're following that agile methodology and you have a manager who's like answering to customers, they're like, no, just do your work, go to the next task. And it, that really kind of, that was hard for me. I'll be honest. That was really hard for me to not be able to, you know, um, execute my vision. And so, you know, there is that part that you're like, I don't want to have a boss. I want to do my own thing. And then there is that part that you're like, I really like to do this. Um, this is what I want to do. And if I can make fun money from it, then great. If I can't, then whatever, you know, this is what I want to do. And um, the other thing for me was hearing from some people say that you can't do this. That always really gets me going. You know, it's like, I'll show you, <laughs> you, know, you know? So all of those things came together at uh, back in high school, you know, my buddy he was like um pixel degrees started from a concept project i was like hey i can make a simpler version of photoshop and that's kind of like um that was like the um selling point of pixel degrees it was like we offer all of these common advanced features that are available on photoshop but then you have this very simple um user interface and my friend so like one week after developing the concept my friend was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, you're not going to finish this. You know, you never finish anything. You just like, you, your ADHD, you pick on random projects and then you leave them before getting it somewhere meaningful. And it's like, you hear a lot of things, you know. I've heard way worse things from my friends. That was nothing. <laughs> but, you know, that kind of stuck with me. I was like, I kind of imagine what if, what if I keep working on this and get it to a um, polished state that other people would be delighted to use. And that was one thing for me, proving my friends wrong. And the other one was just, I really enjoyed it. I remember um, I would wake up and I would literally wake up with an idea for a new filter for uh, applying to the images. I would just go experiment. And um, I think, so Quantavich's app, I developed it myself for, for Android. And um, I, the reason I got good at coding was because it was a tool for me to make my ideas come true. You know, um, like I would come up with this idea for a filter for an image. And the only way I could implement that was by coding it. So I had to understand pixels, um, RGB values, how, you know, all of these formulas be behind um, image processing. And, you know, as I said, you know, there are entrepreneurs who want to focus only on one thing. They're like, hey, um, I know some uh, fellow entrepreneurs in the heated wearable industry who only focus on heated wearables and uh, nothing else interests them. But Quantavici is not even a heated wearable company. We are a smart wearable company. Our mission statement is expanding the spectrum of human senses and abilities through technologies that are wearable and practical for everyday use. So this is one of them, one of the cases where we are um, providing a wearable that senses the temperature and expands your abilities by allowing you to stay outside longer. And, um, you know, for me, it's not, it's more than just loving one project. I love entrepreneurship. That's why I have my YouTube channel, like sharing my methods and ideas. So, 
yeah, it's uh, that's kind of where um, my drives come from. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, that, that's actually something really interesting that you're talking about with uh, Quantavici, uh, is that you, you guys aren't just like, you know, we aren't just in the, you know, gloves and, you know, sock space, we're actually in like smart wearable technology. Um, and I like in the next five, 10, 15 years, I think that's going to be like a huge boom, right? Because it's like, you're going to be able to buy cl- clothing, it's going to be hooked up to an app or your watch. Uh, you know, like shirts and, you know, pants and whatever, right? And let's say it's like really cold out, you're able to turn up the temperature uh, of your clothing, like let's say a jacket or your pants, like snow pants. And like, there, there's so many different applications of this business and, and sort of business model of like smart wearables, uh, you know, for like, uh, you know, people that are working in the Arctic, uh, researchers that are working in the Arctic, people that are working in, you know, desert environments for even for like military, um, you know, applications as well for like military soldiers being in the desert, being in extreme conditions, then you could even go into like, you know, into space, uh, you know, and, and like, you know, astronauts, like with their, with the, what they're wearing, right. And regulating their body. So it's like, that's absolutely crazy and amazing, um, to see like, you know, how, how far this business can go, um, so and now, now talking about uh, engineering and AI, what 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 sort of like it, it sort of seems like from what I've got so far from you is that you you're just somebody who's like really interested, like you have an idea and you just want to express it and you want to create it, right? And what by every by any means necessary that you have at the current like time, right? And that was like coding. Uh, in the future, you're gonna have different tools and different technologies, and you're probably gonna develop new technologies to actually build other you know products and stuff. Um, but yeah, so it sort of seems like you, you've always been in, uh, interested in the engineering AI space. What made you decide to go to Ryerson University for, you know, the a- engineering? Um, uh, out I'm of like, other, to... I, I, I was just going to say like out of like other schools, like uh, I, I'm not too sure, like I, I'm not too sure if Ryerson's like has like one of the best programs or you went there because like one of the profs there was like, you know, somebody who you, you wanted to study under or, or just different reasons. That's a great question. And you know what, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest, because um, uh, if there is even one person who's watching this, and um, there are where I was when I wanted to decide what to do um, as my next step, having graduated from high school, um, I want my answer to be helpful. So, you know, I, I really wanted to make my own projects, I wanted to understand, you know, engineering, that's uh, the name really implies that it, uh, acquiring the skills that allow you to build things. Um, to a certain degree, that's true when it comes to um, going to school for it. Um, but as I learned, unfortunately, and this is not something about Ryerson, you know, this is something that's evident like in all over the world. Um, in engineering specifically, there is a lack of stimulation for creativity. You know, the, very few of the engineers who go to school are going to be needed for their creativity. Like creative problem solving, yes, but that's really narrowed down and specific to certain problems. For example, um, machine learning. You know, like you go into machine learning, you're like, how can we? Um, improve the efficiency of this one algorithm that's specifically for, for example, um, dealing with uh, image recognition. Um, as I learned doing engineering, um, that's what they prepare you for. So if you are like I was, if you are 
passionate about building things, my honest recommendation is not going to school for it. Um, it's to, there are so many amazing classes. For example, when I started learning full stack um, software development, um, as I have uh, worked in the field directly, that wasn't something that they teach in school. You know, for those who are familiar with program languages, for example, Python is not taught in school, like not in the programs I took at least. And, um, you know, in the end, when you are looking for a job or when you're starting your own company, it comes down to skills that you really need. So if you are someone who is self-driven, then my recommendation is consider not going to school, like sit down, strategize um, your own curriculum. There are all the knowledge in the world is free and online right now. You know, like you have amazing websites like Skillshare, Coursera, and all of these um, websites that are not sponsored on this episode of course, but I'm sharing them anyways. But um, I, go, if I could do it all over again, instead of spending four or five years studying engineering when I'm thankful for that, you know, like it, the most value I got out of it was discipline because to finish your degree, you really need to have discipline, you know, back-to-back exams, like thick books and you have to go through so much material. So um, yeah, like make up your own curriculum and understand what you want to do and what you need to learn and go learn it. But if you don't have the discipline and you need someone to push you, then university would be really good for that or um, other programs. And when it comes to Ryerson versus other um, universities, I, you know, there's so many people um, being a student, I was kind of angry for a while. I was like, oh my God, this is so annoying. I, I don't believe in this program and stuff, but you know, as I finished the program and I got more connected to different departments of the um, Institute, I learned how many people there are that are just uh, purely there to help you. You know, they, they don't want you to pay them. They don't want you to, um, they're not after anything. You know, they just wanna genuinely help. And, uh, you know, specifically about Ryerson, they have this amazing, um, they call it zone, zone called iBoost zone. And it's specifically a incubator for startups who are in the very early stage. And, you know, early on, I joined that um, incubator. There are amazing mentors who um, pushed me to understand what it, it takes to develop your business plan, what it takes to do market validation. Why is it important? Um, just getting an idea about all of these concepts around entrepreneurship, um, around launching a new product or service. And... I would say that was key to the success of Quanta Vici. You know, um, we got amazing support from Ryerson University, um, uh, whether it was in winning an award, whether it was in um, mentorship, whether it was in developing our business plan or doing market validation, or even connecting us to people who were even one year or one month ahead of me in my journey. You know, that's amazing. Like I remember I, um, when I was just about to get started with our production, I sent an email to the um, zone and I was like, hey, 
this is where I am. Do you happen to have anyone in your network that you could introduce me to? And I'm just looking for some advice. And it was amazing. Like they introduced two people. I got on the phone with them. They are also entrepreneurs who are doing well for themselves that they didn't really um, get anything out of talking to me except just sharing their own knowledge, just being nice about it. And, you know, even till today, I'm seeing value in that 30-minute phone call that I had. So um, networking, you know, networking is another big aspect um, when it comes to entrepreneurship or any type of education. And, you know, I don't know about other universities. I'm sure, like, people are people all over the world. If there are people at Ryerson who are so amazing, so generous with their time and knowledge and skills, I'm sure that um, our universities also have that. And um, I'm actually, I talk to different profs from different universities and um, it's amazing. So, you know, Ryerson does have a special place in my heart, but um, going in, I was going in for engineering and I had no idea about the amazing entrepreneurial programs that they have. Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and to just like summarize quickly, like you, you dropped a lot of knowledge uh, in, in that, in that like five, five minutes of talking there, or like four, four to five minutes of talking. And a few things that I want to pick out and like that, that I was like, that, that's actually brilliant points was one, when you were talking about, don't go to you, like if, if you're a self-disciplined person and you know exactly what you want to do, uh, don't, don't, don't go to university, don't go to college, create your own curriculum of what you want to learn and then go out and find how to learn it. Cause it's like, it's all out there for free on YouTube, on like, you know, all these other platforms on Google, um, you know, and you can learn this all for free. Right. And you could, you can learn this all for free, probably also by working a full-time job too. And, and, you know, if, if you're lucky enough that, you know, you're, you're able to like be at home and all that sort of stuff, like you could probably do an internship where you work for free in an industry that you're really interested in, yeah. uh, you know, in like the tech space, work for free for somebody, and then also be studying all this on the side. And like, by the time you hit 22, your knowledge is going to be absolutely insane. Like you're, you're going to have actual industry knowledge. And then you're also going to be like, actually everything that you've learned, like, let's say it's coding, like Python or anything else uh, that's really specific uh, to that industry. And when you, let's say at 22, when you go to, you know, let's say go find a job, uh, you might actually just work at the company that you've been internship, like that you've been interning with, or, you know, work for another company. And probably most likely you're, you're probably starting salary is going to be pretty high because you already have like, you know, four years of industry knowledge uh, that you got, did you know, just by working for free. Uh, and then also all the other stuff you learned on the side, or if let's say you jump off and start your own company, you're, you're going to be ready to take that on. Um, and then the other thing was that you were talking about, which I, I loved as well, was like, you know, if, if you're not if you're not too sure where you want to go and, you know, you're not really self-disciplined at the time, uh, going to university or going to college is also a great bet. Um, and, you know, there's all these like, you know, like th that's the thing that I sort of saw is like people don't really I, I had another guy on from uh, Toronto, like Toronto University, um, and he was just telling me about all the different, um, you know, like groups and activities and entrepreneurship clubs and business clubs and like all the connections like the because universities are really well connected with their alums and you can probably like as a student you're able to talk to some pretty high profile you know like business owners and entrepreneurs and investors and other stuff like that so using everything that the school has is a huge huge like benefit to you if you if you decide to go to university right like leverage the leverage the shit out of your university like with your profs with your alum uh you know with like getting to speak into people 
people using all the resources like and I absolutely love that you brought that up because I think that's going to add a ton of value to people that are listening um I sort of want to jump now to uh you know Quana Quana Vici um you know I, I, I sort of think like that, that sort of started from uh, like, that was, did that sort of start from your friend who was having the, my, like she was having the migraines and like, yeah. So it led from that. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about like, you know, how, how did you actually build that company? You know, like with investor, like, did you use some of your own capital? Did you actually have to go out and raise capital, you know, putting the team together, uh, you know, actually product design and all that sort of stuff. I love talking about this. Um, this is uh, this is one of the main reasons I made my YouTube channel because um, I even had advisors who kind of quit on me because of the level of complexity of Quantavici. I'm not saying Quantavici is the most complex startup that has ever existed on, in the history of startups, but it's certainly challenging because here we have um, clothing and it's not just like gloves it's also socks and we have different factories for both our gloves and also socks because you can just have a factory that does both of them, but then the quality is not going to be great gloves and great socks. It's just going to be like mediocre. And and on the other side, we have um, the heating system. We have the battery. We have the um, smart controller, which is the main... um, unique technology that we are bringing to this industry, bringing software to apparel. And on top of all of this, having the hardware and software for the device, we have the app. Some companies are just about the app and you know, going to advisors, um, that's kind of why they quit on us. They were like, why don't you just start from offering a service or an, an app, you know? so. Um, I love talking about this. Um, how did we start? Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has an interview where he says, um, just make mistakes. You know, there's no way around it. You cannot not make mistakes. If you're not making mistakes, you're not trying at all. And if you're not trying, you're not moving at all. And that's the only way to guarantee not getting anywhere is not even trying. So um, I was comfortable making mistakes. Um, There are also a lot of different people coming to you confidently telling you, hey, you should do this, you should do that. And they are people who are way more experienced and smarter than you, but that doesn't really guarantee that they will be correct. So uh, kind of being stubborn plays a role in it. Building the Quantavici team is actually very relevant to the stuff we just talked about in terms of education and acquiring skills. You know, um, being an entrepreneur, you really need to be open to acquiring different skills. Um, it is overwhelming when you connect with someone. For example, you want to make an app. Let's say you're already, you're an Android developer already, but you need an iOS developer. You find this talented person on LinkedIn, let's say, and you want to connect and um, partner on this uh, software development project. And it can be overwhelming because you're like, okay, um, do I need to have a company? Do I have to have a registered um, HST number? Do I have to 
How do I like deal with them? How do I interview them? How do I make the contract? What if uh, the guy is like uh, running a scam and blah, 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 blah. Like all of these things are going through your head for the first time. The reason I'm saying building my team at Quantavici has a lot to do with the skill-based, skill-focused um, education system I just talked about is because, um, you know, I really see this pattern that we are kind of transitioning from the this classic career model to a skill-based career model with websites like freelancer.com, Upwork, um, Fiverr, we see this time after time. And also like even the huge and amazing increase in entrepreneurship, a lot of entrepreneurs are just offering their services. You know, um, I have a friend who's an entrepreneur. He's solely focused on uh, photography. And that's also like uh, contributing to this whole skill-based industry. And building Quantavici, you know, one of the craziest things is that even till today, we do not have investors. Um, for me, coming from where I come from, you know, uh, I was not born in Canada. You know, when we moved here, um, I was just, just growing as my parents are growing with me. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And at the same time, it's very challenging. So you don't really understand a lot of things you know you don't know anyone you don't um have any connections so that's not the only thing required for raising capital but it's a big part of it you know um i would contact investors and i wouldn't hear back and then i would do research and turns out if uh, investors like 99 percent of the time or even more they will only reply to you if you're a warm lead so if someone they know and trust has introduced you to them. And you know, they have the right to be that way because I myself am like getting a crazy amount of emails and I feel horrible not being able to open most of them. And I'm not even an investor, you know, I'm just like some guy who had a successful Kickstarter. And um, so building Quantavici, I had to really um, use all of my disadvantages taking advantage of all of the disadvantages. What does that mean? It means that instead of um, getting an investor that allows me to hire someone full-time and going under that pressure of hiring this person full-time, providing um, employee benefits, HR and all of that stuff, office space, I realized that I have to really rely on skill-based um, perspective. So, um, a lot of the skills I had to acquire myself, for example, um, the discipline of being able to communicate properly, you know, being able to plan the project, being able to understand how to use <laughs> deductive reasoning to understand what my project needs of me. I wanna have hidden variables. Um, what do I need to understand? I need to understand the market, I need to understand what are the shortcomings of my competitors, how can I address them? Okay, so now I realize I have to make it um, uh, pro have a better battery life. For example, our products, instead of two hours, we are the only ones who have offered six hours minimum up to days of battery life. And that's crazy. So next, you want to kind of 
rationalize how can I offer this? The only way you can offer this is by making the technology efficient. How can you make it efficient? So, you know, you really have to be hands-on. You have to be willing to go out there, not get overwhelmed by anything. You know, there are whatever you get overwhelmed about, just think about it. Like there are millions of people who are, who you may be smarter than that are doing that with ease. So, you know, it, it's not even about intelligence. It's about giving in your heart and just going after it. And so building Quantavich, I'm kind of like sharing tips instead of this story. I don't know if that's helpful, but um, if I want to kind of say it in a um, story way, you know, starting out, um, I tried to do the hardware myself. I had my own challenges with it. And then um, again, no investors would invest. Fortunately, that's when the, that's why I say Ryerson played a huge role. Ryerson had this um, innovation competition that has three stages. First stage is just ideation. Second stage is, um, I think, market validation. And the last stage is commercialization. And each stage, they actually give money. And it's like $5,000, $8,000, and $25,000. And so I was fortunate enough to win that. And when we were just starting the project, I had not um, saved up enough money to be able to pay for these contracts myself. So winning that award kind of gave me some room to allow me to experiment and make mistakes. So I hired one freelancer to help me with the um, hardware design, just looking for freelancers all over the world, going through the LinkedIn, freelancer.com, all of these freelance um, uh, platforms. And it came down to um, realizing that I made a lot of mistakes doing that. Um, I actually made a video. It, the video turned out to be 56 minutes. So I put it into three parts. It's on YouTube. I've, I, over these years, I designed a process how to work with others. And, you know, understanding, again, understanding your project, what it requires of you, and understanding how to reach out to the people who are qualified for the job, understanding how to communicate with them, your needs, your expectations, understanding how to um, follow through with the milestones. There's like so many different things involved. Um, over time, you put these things together bit by bit. Right now, we do not have any full-time employees at Quantavici. We've never had any full-time employees. The only full-time employees myself. Um, at any given time, we have nearly 20 contractors who are solely working with us based on the skills they bring to the table. And most of our team, our engineering and design happens in Toronto. But um, for example, for marketing, for certain design work, we have people um, all over the world, from US, from Germany, and so on. And um, yeah, if you, if you could guide me to focus on a specific area doing all of this, it would be easier to explain because right now I have like an explosion of 
ideas yeah like where where, where you want to yeah. go yeah yeah no no 100 no, and and I, I i was just listening to what you were saying and, and i was like it like i was just listening i was like it's really interesting how your how your brain sort of works right and i was just listening to you how you know talking about and how you approach this um you know like you 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 approached it in a very like logical, like, you know, thought out plan about how I'm going to build this company. And even though, you know, investors were turning you down, um, you know, and all this stuff where it was like, you know, it, it looks like it's like, it's not going to happen. Right. Like, it's like, I'm not, I, I don't have the money. I don't like, how, how can I start? Like, you know, you know, like all this type of stuff, but you just like, you kept going, you kept moving forward. Um, and you know, like anybody who's successful, like they, they just figure out a way to do it. Right. You'll like, if you're passionate of and, and, and you want to do something, you'll figure out a way to do it no matter like what it takes, you know, like different, you know, like, like you used, right? You, you went to the university, you found out about these competitions, you won the competition. Um, so all that type of stuff is like r- really, really interesting. I, and, and I thought like, I was just listening to you, how, how you're talking, how you're laying it out. I was like, okay, this like that. It's, it's, it's a very smart way of doing it. Um, so I, I know we have a, a little bit, uh, like we, we have a little bit of time left here. Um, I, I sort of like, I, I would actually love to, you know, have you back on the podcast at a later date and jump, like, you know, just doing a podcast, just jumping into like, you know, uh, um, and pretty much how the business came around, uh, in a little bit more detail and you're working through it and you're like, uh, you know, jumping a little bit in more in depth, uh, with like your business and where you want to go. Uh, but yeah, just to wrap it up here, um, like what, what are your future plans with, uh, with the company and, and what, where, like, where do you guys see your gut self? Like, where do you see yourself going in the next like four to five years? Okay. Um, I could spend just like five hours talking about that before I pass out. <laughs> um, just to add um, to what you just said, you know, fading over and over that um, innovation award. I, I must have like applied four or five times until I won it. You know, like there's, there was a lot of failures there, there too, but mindset is the number one thing in this, you know, like if you don't, ha- you're not in the right mindset, if failure doesn't motivate you to work more or you don't find a way to make it feel, you, feel that way, then it doesn't work. So mindset is a huge deal. And, you know, me, my advisors, my people, everyone, we're constantly um studying this you know uh, trying to understand ourselves how we can kind of push ourselves beyond our limit you know it, it doesn't mean you have to sleep three hours a night it just means how do you recover from failures mistakes or um just any obstacle and uh, going to um the question about um Quantavich's future you know uh, going back to the mission statement um Quantavici, we are, you know, as it started as a solution for medical conditions that are negatively affected by cold weather, we had a lot of people reach out to us, for example, because of their arthritis, because of their poor blood circulation, Raynaud's disease, all of these medical conditions that benefit from heated variables. And something else that kind of was apparent to us was even if, we had Quantavich's products are not just medical, but even if we had only focused on the medical aspect of things, people would not have bought our products if they looked medical. So, you know, making it look beautiful, making it 
with such design and material that when you wear it, you feel empowered, you feel beautiful, you feel happy and proud to be wearing that has a lot to do with it. So that's kind of the logical reason why Quantavici has this um, rather luxurious um, branding to it. So that's a huge part of the company's future. Um, research is also a big part of it. Um, in terms of the current products that we have, smart heated wearables or just smart apparel in general, we launched these products to become the go-to heated wearables, not just for the direct consumer, but also for businesses. So we have designed these models where um, if a startup or if a construction company or if a sports company or if a big brand like, uh, let's say Adidas wants to license our technology or use it in our in their um, line of products, they would be able to do so. And the reason for that is because people in fashion, as I've learned, um, I mean, obviously not everyone, but most people in fashion get overwhelmed by technology. And that's kind of why I see a lack of um, technological advancement in the fashion industry. So we are taking collaboration over competition. We are um, offering these solutions to um, fashion industry, sport industry, all of these different industries that do not want to pivot and risk taking on R&D for technology. And you know, I can confidently say that there is a market for this and we will become the go-to smart hidden wearable for um, anyone. In, in the world, whether they have the medical needs, whether they have, they just want to go outside for a walk and their hands get cold. And that's the future we have for these smart heated wearables to become the go-to for everyone. And in terms of other products, um, I'm, I'm going to try not to give too much away, but um, jewelry has been something that is fun and meaningful in its own sense, but lacks function. It lacks, um, yeah, function just, it's kind of useless, you know, it just looks pretty. And uh, smart jewelry is something that I'm already revealing too much, but smart jewelry is something that we want to um, explore. Um, uh, now go, switching back to the entrepreneur side, these methods that I talk about on uh, my YouTube channel um, for mar market validation, we are gonna be using those. And I think I'm gonna be kind of taking a open source venture creation approach and sharing a lot of these um, behind the scenes happening, how we do market validation, how we um, just take the product to production market. And that's another um, line of products that we want to explore because again, um, you know, jewelry is something that people love to wear. Um, it's beautiful, it's fun to have, but it, it doesn't, it's not aligned with the company mission that we have, which is expanding the senses and uh, abilities. And uh, with our smart technologies, I think we can fix that. Okay, awesome, yeah. 
like I, I'm actually I, I'm pretty excited to to hear more about this. Um, yeah, like, I, I would love to have you back on a podcast to talk just about like, you know, we, we've sort of covered your story, how you got into like the tech space, but having you back on to talk about, you know, like your business in more detail where you guys are going and diving deep into like, you know, like all the stuff you're talking about on, on your YouTube and stuff about like, you know, market research, bringing a product, like bringing an idea to pretty much a finished product line that and then going on to the marketing and all that sort of stuff and your expertise, I, I think would be a really interesting podcast. Uh, but we'll, we'll wrap it up here just, just for timing and stuff uh but it's been absolutely amazing having you on the show adrian uh where can people actually find out more about you uh you know your company uh your youtube channel uh and anything uh you know other social media platforms um i'm on uh, i'm on youtube and instagram um if you just search my name it comes up adrian bake a-d-r-i-e-n-b-e-y-k and quantavici we have the website we are also on indiegogo right now um Quanta Vici, Q-U-A-N-T-A-V-I-C-I. I hope I didn't mess that up. And um, that's where you can find me. I, uh, I try to answer all of my emails and messages and DMs. Um, uh, it's really important for me to be as generous as my mentors have been with me when it comes to my knowledge and skills and network. So if there are anyone who, who are on the same path who shared this mindset, who shared these passions for wanting to innovate, to help people, help make the world a better place. Um, if I can be of help, it would be my absolute pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, it's it, like I was saying again, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. It was lovely chatting with you today.